Let's be honest. Life's hard sometimes. We get discouraged, struggle in our faith, and it's easy to feel alone. Despite how you might feel sometimes, know that God's got your back. And so do we. Vision's prayer line team are ready to pray for whatever you're going through. Text your prayer request to 0401 132 888 and we will be praying for you. Or click prayerline at vision.org.au. That's 0401 132 888 or vision.org.au. It's another way Vision is helping you look to God daily. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The only power that Satan has against the believer is that of deception. If he can get us to believe a lie, he can control us in that area of our life. That's why Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Satan's power is in deception, but the Christian's freedom lies in knowing and believing the truth. We are built up in the truth. Now, if Satan has only one weapon, that is deceit, is it any wonder that one of his main activities is to send false prophets and teachers amongst the church with the express purpose of circulating heresies? If he can get us to believe wrong things, we will experience much confusion and discouragement in our lives. That's why much of the teaching of Jesus, Paul, Peter, John, Jude and James included many warnings to be on our guard against false teachers. Many Christians are on a never-ending quest for more power in their lives. We actually have all the power God wants us to have. In fact, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. We don't need a power encounter. We need a truth encounter. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. Hello, Phil's my name, and today author and pastor Ken Legg and myself are talking on the subject of false teaching. Now, Ken, it's a big issue, isn't it? I guess from day one, the church has had an ongoing problem with false teaching. We see that very clearly with uh, Paul and others dealing to those issues in the Scriptures. Yes. Um, in fact, the early church had two major enemies, we could say. One was persecution from outside, and the other was false teaching from inside the church. Jeremy Jackson wrote a book on church history called No Other Foundation, and he said this, and I quote, Heresy is present in the church from the start. Persecution is its twin brother. Where there is a Judas, there is a Pontius Pilate. End of quote. So the early church had to fight against many different heresies. Too many to define here in this program, but you could sum them up, if you like, in two broad categories. There were legalistic heresies and there were philosophical heresies. Now, there's a reason for that, and that is, of course, that the converts to Christianity came from two backgrounds. Some came from a Jewish background, and so these tended to bring in their their tendency to go back to the law and therefore legalism. Mm. And then, of course, you had the Gentile converts from the Greek background, if you like, and they brought all their philosophical heresies. And I guess it's the same today, Phil. You know, you've got a lot of legalism that comes into the church. There's that kind of side to it. But then also you've got a lot of worldly, secular sort of thoughts and ideas that mix in with Christian doctrine, a lot of New Age stuff that comes in and uh, gets mixed in with the truth. They're the kind of two strands of heresy, if you like, that we encounter today. Mm. It was a big problem. Most of the New Testament actually is written, uh, or a large part at least anyway, in the epistles to dealing to this problem. And obviously they wanted those that they were writing to not only to be 
aware of the heresies but also to know what to do and that's our challenge today. Yeah, you know, as I said earlier on, um, all the New Testament writers addressed this problem because they were facing it, they had to deal with it. But of course, we don't have time to look at what all the uh, New Testament writers had to say, but we will look at what Peter said. Now, Peter, as you know, wrote two epistles, and uh, I spoke earlier on about these twin enemies that came into the church. One was persecution, and that's what Peter addresses in his first letter. He's talking about persecution and how to arm yourself against persecution. But in his second epistle, which is what we'll just touch upon briefly, he was refuting false prophets and false teaching because sadly already in the first century, the fundamental truths of the faith were coming under attack. In fact, a large percentage, if you like, of the the teaching of Jesus and the apostles was taken up with warning against false teaching and heretics. Now, I like to kind of see that as the counterpart of the Old Testament prophets, they, they warned against idolatry. That was mm-hmm. the major problem they had to deal with. Yep. Well, in the church, it's uh, false teaching. It's an interesting word you've used there, Ken, heretics. Yeah. yeah we don't you hear it really anywhere outside of the church. What is it, I suppose? Because it's fair to say none of us really agree on everything. So let's define what a heretic is. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Phil. We, don't, we don't agree on everything. And here's the thing. A heretic is someone who claims to be a Christian but believes wrong things about the, what I call the primary truths. Now, mm-hmm. let's just look at those for a moment, Phil, uh, the, the primary truths. So first of all, start with the Bible. You know, we believe in the inspiration of the Scriptures yep. from cover to cover, you know, from Genesis to maps. No, I'm only joking. From, from Genesis to Revelation. Um, you know, it's the inspired <laughs> the word of God. The book of, of concordance. In the yeah, back, yeah, that's right. Um, but seriously, you know, it is inspired by, by God and therefore it is the word of God. You know, we believe in the infallibility of the scriptures. It is our reference point in all things. Then, of course, the person of Christ. We believe in that he was God and man at the same time. He he was eternally God, co-equal, co-eternal with the Father. Mm. But there came a time, you know, at Bethlehem when he stepped into humanity. And the Bible says that he was every much a human as you and I, except for one thing, and that, of course, he was sinless. He, he was without sin. Otherwise, he was human in every other aspect as you and I. And then, of course, we believe that the main feature of Jesus' coming, his work, if you like, was his uh, death upon the cross, mm-hmm. which was a sacrificial death. We believe in the penal substitutionary death of Jesus, that he died as a substitute for our sins. He paid the debt that we owed. But that he physically rose from the dead. We believe in the resurrection of Jesus. These are primary truths. We believe in the Godhead, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three persons, but only one God. You know, the Father is not the Spirit, the Spirit is not the Son, the Son is not the Father. Three distinct persons within the one Godhead. And, of course, how we're saved. You know, we're justified by faith in Christ alone, believing in what Jesus did on the cross as being sufficient for us. This sounds a lot to me like the Nicene Creed here. Those statements of faith, the the basic things that we can agree on, are are summarized in a document like that. And and why did they summarize them? Because they were saying, these are the primary truths. Mm. These are things you must believe. Um, in order to be a part of authentic Christianity. Now, a heretic is someone who doesn't believe one or some or all of those things. Uh, A heretic is not a term that we would use, for example, for a new Christian who is still working out some of the fundamental beliefs, you know. I mean, a new Christian might say, oh, we believe in three gods (laughs) because he's a new Christian and, uh, you know, he hasn't yet understood that we believe in one God but in three persons. Or a heretic is not someone who made a mistake once in his preaching and, you know, was taken aside and corrected and uh, is back on track in that area. Um, but it's someone who r- does not believe the primary truths of, of the Scriptures, those things that we just listed. There, there are many secondary truths that we, we don't see eye to eye on. For example, things like tongues, uh, forms of baptism, Bible translations, 
What about end times? <laughs> the order of events and those yeah, kind of things. my goodness me. Who's got, who's got the end times all worked but out? How, how often do those things become the stumbling block, though? Yep. What you're saying is that if we deny the primary things, yep. then we're lost. And that's a pretty big statement, actually. I'd like to unpack that a bit more and perhaps see how do you substantiate that claim from the Bible itself. Yeah, okay. Well, let's let's take one or two of those uh, what we call primary truths. And let's take the person of Christ. And, you know, I said that we'd just drop in at Peter there from time to time. Let me just read something from 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. He said, look, there were, looking back to the Old Testament times, there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies. Now, that's a very powerful phrase, destructive heresies. And then he goes on to say, even denying the Lord who bought them. So a destructive heresy is actually to believe the wrong things about the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said this to the Jews, you know, when he was speaking about the fact that he came down from heaven. In other words, Mm -hmm. he is God manifest in the flesh. He said, if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So that's, a, that's very clear. You know, you've got to believe the truth about me. Mm. John uh, had to contend with those who, that were denying the, the humanity of Jesus. And he said, whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. You know, so those strong are, words, really. Very it? strong words, <laughs> very clear words as well. And then you get on to the work of Jesus, what he did at the cross. Paul put it this way. In fact, he said, look, Jesus Christ came to, to set us free uh, from sin to save us. And if anyone preaches any other gospel, let him go to hell. <laughs> let him be accursed, he said. Mm. Now, they're pretty strong words, uh, Phil. Um, so, you know, doctrine in these areas of what we call the primary truth, the essential truth, they are basically non-negotiable. I like what Luther said. He says, when it comes to the sheep, you can't be too gentle. But wolves, with wolves, you can't be too severe. And so that's why you find an incredible difference between 1 Peter and 2 Peter. In 1 Peter, uh, Peter is dealing with, you know, Christians that were going through very severe trials. He's very gentle, very loving. In 2 Peter, he's dealing with wolves. His tone changes incredibly and uh, he's more severe. Some good insight on the subject of false teaching and we'll continue our conversation tomorrow. In the meantime, don't forget, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg and details about Ken's ministry, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.